Kimberly C. Paul. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. So today, I'm so excited. I'm talking to my friend Jeremy, where we met in Phoenix, Arizona. He is the head honcho at Federal Hill Head Casket. And we really got to talking when I first visited my first speakeasy, which was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. But Jeremy was a part of the Before I Die Festival with Pamela back in the fall. And I thought what he was doing was so unique and innovative that we must have a conversation to expand awareness of what this kid is doing in, is it New Brunswick or Brunswick, Canada? It's Brunswick. Just Brunswick, Canada. I'm getting used to... Yeah, I'm getting used to these uh, Canada uh, territories and names as I as I plan my tour. But Jeremy, welcome to Death by Design podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kimberly. So nice to talk to you again. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you know what's interesting is I was checking out your website, and you know you you have this like fiddlehead casket company, mm-hmm. but yet you're really an artist. I mean, you've been doing kind of woodwork and and functional art for over 20 years. So before we get into kind of the unique aspect you're bringing bringing to the end of life arena, I'll say, or field, tell us a little bit about your art. Yeah, so it's uh, kind of taken many forms over the years, beginning with uh, back in high school. um, I was getting quite into guitar playing, and a friend of mine was taking a course where you could do a term project on whatever you wanted, kind of a, you know, carte blanche um, project. And he said, oh, he was, he was also learning how to play guitar. And he said, I think I'm going to build a guitar for my project. Do you want to build one too? Yeah, sure. And, you know, didn't have any idea. Neither one of us had any idea what we were doing. Uh, but in the end, uh, we both ended up with electric guitars that actually worked. And then um, from there, I built another couple and, um, from there kind of got me a lot more interested in, uh, woodworking as a profession, um, took a chance of a, a change of scenery to start a new uh, career path at a cabinet shop in Ontario when I was living there for a little while and I've been kind of work ever since. But besides, uh, the full-time gig working with kitchen cabinets mainly, um, there's always been little things that I've uttered away at on my own, you know, furniture and just different things for the house and always uh, look, looking to try new things that weren't necessarily in the nine to five. Now, when you, st- when you built your first guitar, was this something that awakened inside you about woodworking or the art of woodworking? Or is it just something that interested you because this was a skill that you were kind of you didn't even know you had it until you built this first guitar. Yeah, well, I'd always uh, enjoyed building things. Even back in uh, junior high school, we had shop class, and I really enjoyed my time there. So building the guitar was something that opened up my eyes. to You know, I really like this, uh, being in the shop, building things, and 
in creating something with hands. Uh, at the time, uh, like I said, I, I started building the guitar in high school in grade 12, um, but it took you know, a couple of years to actually be finished. So I was uh, taking some courses at university. So it was quite a contrast to the university studies. And I was like, geez, I, you know, I, I like this better. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's really great. You know, I feel like I have a unique career path. And I feel like that's something you and I have in common because you went from, you know, making dining tables and electric guitars to caskets. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, how did that come about? Yeah, so a couple different circumstances all collided uh, to bring me where I am here today. Um, I've been working in, like I said, kitchen cabinet shops for 10 years or so at the time and looking to, you know, what, what comes next after this? Like I kind of done everything I could besides owning a business um, at, at the company that I was working for. And I didn't want to just make another kitchen cabinet shop because there's, you know, there's the Ikea's and the cabinets you can get at Home Depot. So there's just too many people doing that kind of thing. So I was trying to think of what I could do that was different. And pair that with uh, my brother-in-law's wife uh, had a couple deaths in her family um, that both both cases would have really suited um, if there was an option for a less ornate, less expensive, uh, more natural casket. It would have been a perfect fit for, for both of the men that died in her family, but it wasn't an option. So she was telling me about the troubles that they were having or that they had had by this time at the funeral home trying to pick out a casket for these men that um, none of the available options really seemed like a you know a clear winner um, for, for their personality. So you could make something better than those. Maybe that's something that I can do that's different than all the other woodworking businesses in town. And, and so really it came from a personal experience, a need mm. where you've seen other people that wanted to have uh, just something i guess more natural because you know when i when i i actually have seen one of your caskets and it's really natural there's no metal and you know you have all wood inside even the pegs which is crazy but what does fiddlehead casket company mean where did where did this fiddlehead thing happen so a fiddlehead is uh actually a young form of a fern uh, that grows along the rivers here where I'm from and people here eat it and um, we, we pick them in the springtime and you just eat it like a green vegetable but in trying to find a name for the company is looking for something fairly representative of the area so that's, that's where Fiddlehead came from. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, so tell us, I, I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago a little bit about you know how unique these caskets are but tell us about the casket. I mean it is totally 100% handcrafted pine wood, right? Yeah, exactly. So everything is done here in my shop. I uh, bring in rough pine boards and do all of the the milling and gluing and cutting and shaping and sanding, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that are needed, you know, from the points in between the rough board to the finished product that ships out. Um, yeah, the, uh, the casket kit, like you said, it's, uh, it's totally pine. There's a few, uh, the dowels are cherry, actually. Um, so they're part accent, part um, a little more uh, rigid where cherry is a hardwood. So um, that gives you a little more structure where the things go together. But everything is assembled with uh, wooden pegs. 
and there's uh, a mallet also included in the box to put them in with. So you line everything up and hammer the pegs in and you're set to go. And what's interesting, talk talk to me about where you've shipped some of these kind of caskets, kits kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm here on the east coast of Canada and I've shipped them uh, to the west coast in Canada and the U.S., you know, down through California. I have a couple in the shop right now that are heading off to Washington State tomorrow. Um, and so far, the farthest one from here has been up to Whitehorse in the Yukon Territory, kind of neighboring Alaska. Wow. Yeah, so they're kind of all points in between. They've gone all over the place. So, you know, I'm, I would not be considered, you know, someone would, that you would want into your wood making shop. Um, but could I put this together? Oh, for sure. It, if you can line up two holes and then pound a peg into the holes, that's all you need to do. It's very simple. So it's, it's not as hard as it sounds. No, I think, uh, I did the demo there in Phoenix. Uh, I think you had to step out. Um, when that was happening, but I think I put one together in 15 minutes or so. Wow. Maybe Monica helped me out. But yeah, it's, I, I say a half an hour and that's, um, from what I've heard from some customers, that's pretty accurate half an hour and you read through the instructions. Um, I've done it a bunch of times so I can do it in less than 10. So it's really simple. So you all also on your website, which I thought was the coolest thing is that you also make wood, wooden your urns. Um, that you can ship as well, which are just like, it reminds me of, you know, spirituality, dust to dust kind of thing and mm. how natural they look. Um, so tell me, I mean, have you got some inquiries for the urns as well? Yeah, so a handful of the urns, not nearly as many as the caster kits. And a lot of times um, the urns, the urns that are listed on the website tend to be more of a starting point as far as design goes. Because um, a lot of times people buy urns ahead of time or with a with a cremation type situation, there's not uh, as much of a pressing deadline necessarily for the urn to be delivered. You know, they can carry on with their other services, and then I can I can get the urn there whenever it happens to arrive. Um, but yeah, I've done all kinds of different things from some of the designs straight off the site to uh, made some that were uh, for urns or ashes to be divided among three different people. So there's three small oh, yeah, identical yeah, boxes yeah, yeah. with, yeah, yeah. All, all kinds of different things are possible. So what I love about the casket is, you know, here I am in my forties and I'm thinking, man, I really want one. And you have made it so, I guess, uh, universal because some of your caskets can be a bookshelf prior to you, you using it. Yeah, so that, that came about from some people that were really intrigued by the idea. And I said, well, geez, that's what I'd like to have. You know, I really, they, the idea resonated with them, just a simple fine box and, and doing it themselves or having someone in their family maybe assemble it for them. Um, but they would say, well, geez, you know, I'm only however many years old. I Hopefully I don't need one for the next, 20, 30, 40 years. So what can we do with it in the meantime? And a few ideas were bouncing around from different people. But the bookshelf was the one that really makes the most sense. So you can put it together, and you, excuse me, put the shelves in. And then when you need it, you take the shelves out. And it's, it's the same as the, the regular casket kit. But, you know, maybe getting 
years and years of use in the meantime. Well, and you you know me, I, I'm always kind of thinking, wouldn't it be cool throughout the years, you know, because so many people come into your life and leave your life, but, you know, to for people actually to leave a message on the box, you know, kind of stain it, mm-hmm. leave little messages. So when you actually do use it, it's it's messages from people that have, have loved you along your journey, life journey kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. That's what I think is so intriguing is that people who are coming to, whether it's a, you know, quick thing by the, uh, you know, where you're being buried because green burials come in or coming, becoming more and more popular or just people who are family, they get to read some of these messages that perhaps might heal but you know yourself that you're surrounded by messages of love and affirmation why in the very box that you're going to be laid laid to rest forever in yeah um which i love which i love that's you know i I can see myself you, you know having dinner parties and and people are like, well, goodbye. I'm like, hey, have you signed my casket yet? Yeah. And, <laughs> and people are like, look, I know I've had a couple of drinks, right. but um, what did you just say? <laughs> but I also think it brings a unique conversation that it's, uh, and it brings this hard, hard taboo subject ump way prior than, than, you know, when you drop a tear and the person's actually gone, sure. a way to maybe normalize it. Yeah, well, it's doing all that by, you know, standing quietly in the corner of the room. Right. Just as a, a quiet reminder. Instead of the elephant yeah, in the room, it's the casket in the room, disguised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it you know would bring on the questions like, uh, does your bookshelf have a have sandals on it? What's that all about? And then, oh, well, you know, it's a casket, and then... There you go. The conversation started. I can't wait. I can't wait to get settled back in my house and and put in an order because you know I because mm-hmm. I, I have no furniture because I sold it all and I really want a farm oh. table <laughs> that you know has the length of my uh, living room and and start having like dinner parties and have that mm-hmm. sort of seek not secretly but in a corner where people can can really have a conversation uh, about how far we have come with this you know, death and dying conversation. Well, I know you're not doing this for free. So talk to me and allow my listeners to, um, how much is it going to cost me when I order my casket from you? So uh, right now, I'm doing the the conversions with the current um, exchange rate. Um, The casket kit by itself is about 640 uh, U.S. Um, with the shelves, it converts to around 855. And then the delivery, it, it depends on how far it has to go, but about an average of 150 US. So a little more on the West Coast, a little less on the East Coast. So let's just, you know, for me, I'm on the East Coast. So you're talking around between mm-hmm. 850 to like $1,000 based on the exchange rate and, and shipping yeah. and stuff like that. So you're telling me. You're telling me that I'm going to have a handcrafted something from you, a friend of mine, making my casket yeah. shipped to me, and it can be a book, a custom bookshelf. Um, because I will be quite frank, I have gone into funeral parlors and funeral homes, and those caskets are not that that cheap, and and they're uh, really they are not. really expensive. 
Um, yeah. So this seems to be a bargain. Are you? Do you find that people are like, who? What kind of people are calling you and requesting something like this, or for you to send them a, a casket in this form? Yeah, so some people are definitely looking at it as a lower cost option than anything that's available from the funeral homes. Um, a lot of people are really just identifying with the whole idea of the simplicity of the thing. Like they don't really get um, like a standard casket. You think of it, and it's quite ornate, highly polished finishes, and fluffy interiors, and all these kinds of things. That for some people, that's their deal, and you know that's great. They can have it. Uh, but for a lot of people, they say, "Well, what's what's the big fuss about? Just let's just do something simple, and maybe not put a whole bunch of extra stuff in the ground that doesn't need to be there. And we'll we'll have a natural box that will degrade over time, and that's just great." I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, I have a lot of people in Canada listening to my podcast. Well, what is what it, does it cost in? And forgive me, I want to say Canadian dollars. I'm so, is it Canadian dollars yeah. or is it? Okay, cool. Ah, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I sound sort of smart. Right, right. <laughs> so what does it cost in, in Canada? Um, you know, I know the shipping's going to vary based on rates, but yep. what is that that cost for them in, in Canadian dollars? Yeah, so in Canadian, uh, the kit by itself is 859 uh, with the shelves is eleven forty five, and the delivery is around two hundred dollars Canadian average. So again, you know, oh, a little more yeah. out west, uh, a little less on the east. So, so how do people find you? They can find me online. Um, a couple different options there. If you're particularly interested in the casket kit, it's very easy. It's just casketkit.com. Um, I also have another website, uh, Fiddlehead Casket Company, and it has a little more of some different things that I'm doing. But um, for the kit, it's just casket kit. And it also has, yeah, some pictures of how people are in your workshop and, and things like that. But you also, like you mentioned, you also do custom woodwork. What else do you do besides, you know, this whole booming casket business over here? Yeah, so I was, I was thinking about your question and... Um, just thinking back over the last year or so, some of the different things that I've made. Uh, I made the first time making a painting for somebody. Uh, it was actually a, a friend of mine who's a funeral director uh, here in a town about an hour's drive away. And she got me to carve uh, the words last responder on the underside of the handle. So I thought that was pretty unique. Oh, wow. Um, made some, like you said, tables and, and cabinets and things and playing a lot with uh, live edge pieces of wood. They present an interesting challenge because there's nothing flat or straight on them. Um, sometimes I get to design my own pieces, and most of the time it's a it's a collaboration with with myself and the customers. You know, they're looking for I need you know a, a shelf around this big or some kind of a cabinet that needs to fit this, that, and the other, and then we work back and forth together on the design. Well, wow, and so I, even if I needed a shelf, I could be like, okay, Jeremy, this is what I'm thinking about. Um, can you sketch out a couple of, of things that you might, and, and have something handcrafted by you. Now, do you put fiddleheads somewhere on there? Uh, I haven't yet. I've, I've looked around and toyed with the idea, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. No. Yeah. Cause I tell you, if I, when I get my casket, I want to make sure it has fiddlehead on it because first of all, it, it's, um, it, it's from someone that I know you and who's making this for me. And I, I really, I love that. And maybe, maybe when I order mine, when I get 
off and not living in 29 feet anymore, that I would love <laughs> you possibly to be the first person to do a message before you even ship it, you know, like yeah. how you handcrafted it and stuff. Let me ask you this, you know, this whole green burial movement is, is really taken off. I'm sitting in Oregon, um, the Washington um, kind of area with Katrina Spade and, and kind mm-hmm. of recompose. Um, so are you feeling a, a increase in business because of this movement to be more green? Because your pine boxes will are really good for the earth instead of the metal shiny yeah. vaults that, that are traditionally, as I grew up, I saw in funerals. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's uh, a lot of where people have found me is because they're looking online, they're asking people about, you know, we heard about this green burial thing and there's been items on the news in the last few years. And a lot of times, um, if it's kind of on, on this end of the country, when reporters are looking for what's going on in this country, either my name will come up in conversation or through the internet searches and things. So, um, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of, of interest in that kind of thing. And they, a lot of people, once you explain it to them, they may not have heard about it before. And you explain the idea about, you know, uh, forgoing embalming or using uh, natural containers to be buried in and having a more natural landscape sometimes uh, in the burial ground. And they say, well, yeah. Of course, like why? Why haven't we been doing this for years and years and years? Yeah, like this. It's, that makes total it's almost sense. like it's recycling, you know. Because yeah, we, I know my great great grandparents were something like this occurring. Um, you know, as a natural pine box, and they go in the ground, and the family, and it kind of ste- you know steps by this whole expensive funeral home, and and but you you made a, a really great point. Some people want that, which is totally okay. Yeah. For me, I want something that a friend made that, and I, I will say, I really thought for the longest time I'm being cremated. Mm-hmm. But the more I've learned about green burials, the like burying me in a pond box, not embalmed, I will decompose fairly quickly right. and become part of the earth. Because once you do all that embalming, it takes years. But once you have a body, um, you know, deep in, in the earth, it's some miraculous and magical things happen, yeah. um, you know, with temperature of the body and, and how it really becomes dust to dust. And that's, to me, amazing. Yeah, it's like all the other things have kind of gotten in the way of that happening naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jeremy, you do have an email address, jeremy at fiddleheadcaskets.com. And again, it's fiddleheadcasketscompany.com? The website is just fiddleheadcaskets.com. Okay, again, fiddleheadcaskets.com. Check him out. And I know in America that we do a lot of of end-of-life uh, conferences and we do a lot of kind of educations. I encourage those people who are planning those. Jeremy is well worth the expense to bring him in and allow you to a meet this, you know, custom wood builder who has a lot of passion for what he does, but also let him explain the process of what it takes 
to create a custom casket that is now personally yours and can be displayed with all your books. And of course, me being a writer and a reader, I love that idea that books will hold my space until I will occupy it, which is to me amazing. <laughs> yeah, sounds good plan. So check out Jeremy, check out his website. I'll have everything in his bio and please, please, please pass the word on. And I say this because I like this guy. He is a cool guy um, <laughs> trying to, I mean, you have a family right there in Brunswick. You, yeah. Didn't you say you like had three kids? I do have three kids. It's insane. Um, <laughs> and you look so young. Uh, it's really crazy. But um, check out uh, fiddleheadcaskets.com. And, and if this is right for you, it would be really interesting to bring the casket into our living space um, and, and allow it to be part of our lives as we live out our final months and years on this uh, planet. And it's a way to be green as well. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time and good luck. And I'm hoping some of my listeners, when they call you or contact you, though, can say, I've heard you on Death by Design podcast. And hopefully some of these people in America who have these end-of-life conferences will also start being innovative in bringing you over to uh, introduce your product to the movement that we're headed in. I'd love to. Well, Jeremy, it's always nice to talk to you, and I look forward to possibly ordering my casket this fall when I'm back in Wilmington, North Carolina. So uh, we'll be talking. Awesome. That's great. Thanks, but thanks. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer. This podcast is produced by Jason Andre with Seven Season Films. If you're interested in telling your story via podcast, look him up. You can find him at sevenseasonfilms.com.